How you doing, church? You ready for some church today? Come on. You look hot. Woo! He told me to come up here last minute, so forgive me if I'm a little thrown off. But I love being here and getting to say hello. I love you, Red Rocks Church. I love you, Red Rocks Church. Brussels campus, Austin campus, men and women at the God Behind Bars campuses. The favorites. We love you. It's an honor. It's an honor to get to be here and to serve in a small way. And listen, I know a bunch of you are joining us for the first time, and, and we just want to say welcome. Um, this is my wife, Jill. My name is Sean. Uh, we work here when they let us, and man, we love this church, and we're so glad that you are joining us today. Um, and no matter what, no matter what you've been through, gone through, going through, heard said about you, think about yourself right now, like no matter what, you are welcome in this place, and we're so glad you're here. Welcome to church. Welcome to Red Rocks. You're part of the family already. We love you. You know, ever since we started this, this whole COVID thing and, and doing church differently, we wanted to make sure that no matter where you're at, that you can be part of the service. Right now, we can't use our buildings for much more than what we're doing right now, which is have some staff in the room. And, and so we want to make sure that you can be a part of the service no matter where you're at right now. And so if you need prayer, if you want to give, if you want to be part of, of the generosity that is just crazy in this church family, and, and, and what was the other one? Oh, and if you get saved, and some of you are going to give your life to God today before this service, so you don't even know it's coming yet. Just hold on. If we can do anything for you or you want to be involved, text Red Rocks to the number on your screen right now. And, and like I said, man, we got an army of people. Can't wait to pray for you. You can give. And listen, we've talked about wanting to be a generous church ever since we started 15 years ago. And I'm telling you, COVID or no COVID, we are still being a generous church. And you can be a part of that today. My wife just got this text from a dear friend of ours in the church recently, and she forwarded it to me. And uh, I said, you know what? I, I just want to share this one today with all of you because some of you have consistently, a lot of you have been consistently generous through a very uncertain and crazy time. And I want you to know that your generosity is literally changing people's lives. And every now and then you just need to hear a story and be reminded of what's going on. Here's a text we got. I'm not going to tell you her name, although she probably wouldn't care because she's tough like that. But she sent us this. She said, I think it was four years ago that you and Sean and RRC bought me a car. It's a single mom, had some very unexpected medical issues, a lot of unexpected medical bills, and a lot of struggle. And we found out, and we said, we can't take care of everything for you, but we're gonna find you a car. And we did, church, and we only were able to do that because of your generosity. She said, you probably don't realize how that changed my life. I always equate it to buying someone a goat in a third, in a third world country and how it can change your life. In parentheses, she said, which I have now done. See, when I got the car, I stopped paying more than a car payment each month in repairs on the car I had because I just needed to keep it running. I started saving the difference of not having to repair my car every month. My insurance and gas payment went down and I started saving that money too. Sorry picture. 
My car has not broken down once since I've owned it. Okay, once. It slow started and we had to jump it so I could go replace the battery, but it was not a breakdown. I stopped worrying about my child's safety when I'm driving him. She said, Joe, remember when my car stopped in the middle of the intersection of Wads and Bowles and my son was in the car? Long story short, all that saving and I'm about a week away from closing on our first home. I'm excited and scared, but I wanted to thank you and Red Rocks Church for helping us. I'm about to be a homeowner and I can totally trace it back to the gift of that amazing Toyota Corolla. Somebody say, praise God for Toyota. Thank you all so much. I'll never be able to articulate to you how grateful I am, but I hope you never think I'm taking this gift for granted. I'm so blessed and I'm so thank you. We love you. Red Rocks Church, you're changing the world with your generosity. Don't you dare stop. And my wife and I were in worship today and Jill's like, I just have a, I have a burden on my heart. I wanna pray for all the single parents across this church family because being a parent is hard enough and then you throw everything that we're going through on this world and then single parents, my gosh. And so I've asked, that's why I asked my wife to come up here today. We wanna pray for single parents and, and then we'll get service started. Um, is that cool? We all right? Come on, let's go, babe. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are here in this place. You are here in our homes. I thank you, God, that you are the God who is with us. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that you sent us Jesus in the flesh to walk and to live and to dwell among us. I thank you that Jesus is the, is the one who came and he put his hand on our heads and hands on our shoulders and he said, I'm with you, I'm here. God, I pray that your people would know that you see them. God, I thank you that you are father to the fatherless. I thank you that you are champion friend to the widow. I thank you that you are husband to the hum husbandless. I thank you that you are our companion, our friend, our father, our healer. I thank you that you are our hope and our savior. And God, I pray that we would know without a doubt that you are near, that we would know without a doubt that you see us, that you're paying attention, that you care. God, we're grateful. And I pray, Lord, that when we do not feel you, that you would just breathe faith, that you would just help us in our unbelief because that's who you are. Lord, I pray that you would open the eyes of our heart, that you'd flood them with light, that we might see you in a different way, that we might know you in a more intimate way, God, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for the word that you are gonna bring through Pastor Jimmy today. And we wait expectantly, God, for you. And we, we acknowledge that you have a plan and a purpose, purpose for us today, tomorrow, and forever, God. You are the maker. You are the lifter of our heads. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, babe. You ready for some church? Guys, have we got a special treat today? The one and only 
Reverend Jimmy Rollins is in the house with us today. He is one of my great friends. He is my brother. He is known to everyone at Red Rocks as Uncle Jimmy. And so, bro, I'm so glad you're here. We're honored, as always, to have you in the house. We love and respect you, and we can't wait to, we can't wait to hear what God's been doing in your life and what you're going to share with us. And so, Red Rocks Church, at every location around the world, make some noise for Pastor Jimmy Rollins. something amazing for you and whether you watch this live or you watch this on the bre- on the broadcast guess what nothing takes god by surprise and he was already working on the solution before you even knew that there was a problem and i'm so honored to be here y'all ready for some church let's go won't you give somebody a high five if you're in the auditorium maybe you're watching online give yourself a high five come on if you're driving keep your both hands on the steering wheel let's go well, I'm so honored to be here. You're amazing pastors. Come on, y'all, aren't they just crazy good? Can we, that's weak. Come on, every location in the house. Can we just give it up for your pastors one good time and honor them? And uh, I'm honored to be before you uh, in this moment. Uh, yes, uh, we, you see that there's a checkerboard behind us, and, and I just thought we'd play checkers today. No message, just playing checkers. Is that all right? I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, But I'm going to ask God to speak to us through this uh, checkerboard, Uh, and I'm believing this. I'm I'm believing that your best days are ahead of you, right, and your worst days are behind you. I believe that you have not seen anything yet, and maybe there might be some distance in your relationship with God, but it's in moments like these where God draws us closer. It's in moments like these where the Holy Spirit makes up the distance, and I want you to see yourself today through this sermon. and really illustrate yourself, see yourself you know, getting better, see yourself getting stronger. And I'm going to jump right in, and we're going to read from Mark uh, chapter 5, uh, 21 through 29. And this is a familiar passage of Scripture. Uh, some of us will know this as the woman with the issue of blood. And uh, I, I've preached this a, a thousand times, but never from this kind of thought. And, and so I'm going to ask God to do something amazing. I feel something special. As Sean said uh, earlier, there's a miracle. I believe you're on the verge of a miracle in your life. Anybody want a miracle? I, I'll take one. Come on, somebody. I'll take a miracle. You know, I know it's hard to better this, but you know, uh, I'll take a miracle. It says this in Mark chapter 5, 29 through tw- uh, 21 through 29. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, A large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at the feet of Jesus, and he pleaded earnestly with Jesus, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. I love that. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. 
And then 25, it transitions. It says, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she got worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Another version would say touched the hem of his garment because she thought if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed immediately. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she had been freed from her suffering. What an amazing story. See, I believe that we can put ourselves in that story. And many of us have been in situations where we've been desperate for change. We've been desperate for a miracle. We've been desperately seeking after God. And if we're honest, some of us, nothing has changed just yet. But I love the fact that this woman's desperation led her to a new destination. Can I just encourage you before I jump in? Like, I want us to become in this season more desperate for God. We sang in that song earlier, let us become more aware of his presence. I want the presence of God in my life. I want the presence of God in my family. I want the presence of God to show up in my workplace, to show up in my home through my desperation, not necessarily my perspiration. I want to talk to you over the next few minutes from this topic. King me. Somebody say, king me. King me. Pastor, what are you talking about? This woman ain't no king. What are you talking about? King me. Well, let me pray right here, and then I'm believing God's going to speak to us. Father, I pray that you do something amazing through this message. Father, that people would step into a new level of authority and a new level of anointing, and that they would become more aware of your presence. In Jesus' name. And everybody said a good amen. amen. Listen, you guys have been in this series called Kingdom Culture. And as, as, as Pastor Sean was talking to me about this series, I, I saw this message and I saw this checkerboard that you see behind me and I could I literally I thought of this passage of scripture immediately now listen I'm not the smartest guy on the planet and many of you are like me I'm not a chess player come on it's too much strategy in chess I, I, I don't understand you know the different you know pieces can do different moves and and you gotta you know protect this and protect that that's not life to me Life to me is like checkers. Come on, somebody, look at this checkerboard. You see, in checkers, there's pretty much one strategy. The strategy in checkers is to get as many pieces to the other side as possible. Come on, somebody. And what you do as you're trying to get pieces to the other side, the goal is, is to avoid getting jumped. The goal is, is to avoid getting taken out. And when I've come to find out that in checkers, no matter all the moves that I make, if I get one piece to the other side, what do we say? King me. Come on, somebody. We say, king me. That's a simple strategy to me. That's just like life. All I have to do is get one part of me to the other side. I think it's important for us to 
know in this series, Kingdom Culture, to understand what the kingdom actually is. And I believe this is that the Bible is laying out the kingdom culture here in this passage of Scripture. The Bible says that large crowds were following Jesus in order to be healed. There's a culture that is happening, a culture of healing, a culture of of purpose, a culture of destiny. The kingdom culture is a culture of healing. It's a culture of purpose. It's a culture of destiny. It's a culture of miracles. If you follow the ministry of Jesus, you will see that all throughout his ministry, he was healing people. All throughout his three and a half years of of life and and ministry and, 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 and walking with the disciples, blinded eyes were seeing and deaf ears were coming to be freed and and water was turning into wine. Why? Because there was a reality of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is here. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, it says, From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Repent, for the kingdom of God is here. And I just want to encourage you because, I don't know, maybe you've been saved your whole life, but this word kingdom kind of freaks you out. Man, that sounds like old school church. That sounds like King James Version. Well, let's break that down. The word kingdom is simply the king's domain. King, dumb. The king's domain. We used to sing old school songs that says that Jesus was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And as I begin to think about this kingdom and this domain, it's simply the rulership of heaven. And man, I don't know about you, but maybe you read Genesis. When God created man, he said, let them subdue and have what? Dominion. We were created to dominate. We were created to thrive. Come on, John 10.10 says the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and life to the full. Anything short of a miracle, I'm not satisfied with. Is anybody with me? Anything short of healing, I'm not satisfied with. Maybe you've watched a sports game and maybe, maybe your, your, your kid is a part of a sports team. And man, I don't know about you, but every prayer before a game is, we say the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer says this in Matthew chapter 6, 9 through 13. It says, in this manner, Jesus is saying, if you're going to pray, pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom, what? Come. What? You mean to tell me? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven heaven. I want to encourage you with this thought. Heaven is just not a place that you're going to go to once you die. It's a place you can have right now. This this scripture says that I can have heaven here. What is heaven? It is the king's domain here on earth. It is a culture of healing here on earth. It is a culture of forgiveness here on earth. It's a culture of reconciliation here on earth. It's a culture of miracles here on earth. You can have heaven right here. It's the will of God that has already taken place here. 
in heaven. It says, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. What we do is we see this woman. The Bible says that she has been sick for 12 years. She's got an issue for 12 years. Any of y'all got an issue? Come on, somebody. Raise your hand if you got an issue. Some of you don't have your hands up. That's your issue. She's got a sickness for 12 years. She's been locked inside of a house for 12 years. For 12 years, she's been bleeding. And many of us, uh, you may say, well, I'm not physically bleeding. But for some of us, your past has been bleeding into your present for too long. Come on, somebody. What you used to do and what you, who you used to be has been bleeding into your present right now and your pain is bleeding into your purpose and your fear is bleeding into your faith and your doubt is bleeding into your destiny. But I love this passage of scripture because it says when the kingdom showed up, it drew her out of her house. What I love about this passage of scripture is somebody else's desperation caused this woman to walk in a new destination. It says that she didn't even call Jesus to the city. There was a synagogue leader. His name was Jairus. Jairus was a, uh, just in my cliff notes, he's a preacher. And what had happened is, is Jairus was doing church. Come on, I'm paraphrasing. And he was so busy doing church and not being the church at home. What happens is, is life touched his 12-year-old daughter. And she got sick to the point where she died and passed away. And Jairus heard about Jesus coming into town. And all of a sudden, he got desperate. He got desperate like, man, Jesus, I need some of you. It's crazy how even in doing church that we can substitute, come on, somebody, doing work for Jesus as time with Jesus. And then our houses get touched. And we're like, man, we got to have a new desperation. We got to have a new seek. And I love the fact that Jairus brings Jesus to town. And, and, and all of these people are following him because Jesus is the reality of the kingdom. He is the kingdom in motion. And if you read throughout the Gospels, you will see that Jesus was always trying to say, hey, don't talk about that. I know we just got healed, but don't, don't bring that up yet. It's not my time. But, but here's what I've come to find out is that when the kingdom shows up, it cannot be hidden. When the kingdom shows up, people will come to the reality of Jesus Christ. And we see this woman with the issue of blood. Do you know that your desperation can cause somebody else to walk into a God destination? You just think it's for you, but you have no idea. And I don't know where you are right now. Maybe you're on your couch and you're thinking, man, I need a refreshing touch from God and I need to get closer to God. But I'm praying right now that as you call God closer, other people are also going to experience God just like this woman did from Jarius's desperation. Checkers. This woman has an issue of blood. Her name is not even mentioned because she is 
mentioned for her issues. She's been back and forth from the doctors trying to get help. She has spent all that she has had. She is frustrated. She has spent all of her resources. She has spent all of her relationships. She has tried home remedies. Come on. Some of us have tried home remedies like alcohol and we've tried home remedies. Come on, somebody like self-help and we've tried home remedies like jumping from relationship to relationship and it has not worked. It has only enhanced your issue. She's got issues. Not only does she have issues, she's classified everywhere she goes as unclean. When she shows up unclean, what she touches becomes unclean. When she touched a chair and somebody else touched that chair, they became unclean. Her issues are contagious, but I thank God through the power of this scripture that the kingdom is more contagious than our issues, that the kingdom is more contagious. And when the kingdom of God shows up, everybody gets healed. Come on, somebody. I don't know what you came into the room with. I don't know what you're listening to right now, but I believe that the presence of God will not leave you lonely and God loves you too much for you to stay broken with your issues. See, when I found out about checkers, is man, I just got to get to the other side. And I, you know what I did? I, I did a little study on checkers. And when I did a study on checkers, I talked to my friend Siri. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I said, Siri, what's the strategy of checkers? And Siri began to tell me that the strategy is not what you think it is. You see, when I play checkers, I'm trying to avoid the pieces that are coming at me. And it is, it is my propensity when I'm playing checkers is to go around the edges and try to get to the other side. You see, and what I've come to find out, people of God, it is our uh, likelihood or propensity to try to go around issues, to try to avoid issues. But the strategy of checkers is if you want to be successful and getting from one side to the other side, they said the best strategy is to go through it, to go right through the middle. Oh, you mean I can get through the pain? Yeah. You mean I don't have to avoid this issue? No, uh -uh. can't dodge this because God wants to not do something in you. He wants to do something through you. I got to get to the other side. You know what I've come to find out? I've come to find out that many of us, we've just settled it in our hearts that this is just how life is going to be. I'm always going to be broken. I'm always going to be jacked up. I'm always going to feel like I, I'm, not, I'm, always, I'm not going to trust anybody. I'm always going to feel betrayed. I don't know how this is going to work. I'm always going to have this limp. This thing is not going to work. I'm always going to have this mindset. Uh, 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 and we start going from relationship to relationship. And, and we've got these issues. And what we do is we isolate ourselves. But can I tell you that no matter what issue that you have, I've, I've come up with three universal things that we need to get to the other side on. It says in Mark 5, 25, and the woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Can I encourage you? that you need to get to the other side of diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Some of us have self-diagnosed ourselves as broken. We have self-diagnosed 
diagnosed ourselves, and let me tell you what this looks like. It looks like awfulizing. It looks like catastrophizing. It's always going to be bad. I might as well stay on this side of brokenness because it never works out for me. I'm going to stay on this side of brokenness because everybody that I trust stabs me in the back. I'm going to stay on this side of broken because I got more issues than you got tissues. I'm going to stay on this side of brokenness because I got more fear than I got faith. But I love the fact that this woman said, I'm going to get to the other side. Come on, somebody. (laughs) 12 years. 12 years isolated. 12 years no hugs. 12 years no intimacy. 12 years no proximity with other people. 12 years broke. 12 years in shame. 12 years jealous. 12 years in doubt. But I love the fact that even though she was there for 12 years, she got to the other side of diet. Gnosis. Have you ever felt trapped? Years ago, me and my mom, my dad, my wife, we, we went down to North Carolina to shop for furniture. And I remember going in this old warehouse, and it was like, man, why, why are we here? It don't look like it was, it, it was taken care of well. And, and I ain't going to lie. They were like, well, let's go up to the next level. And I was like, cool, let's get on the elevator. And it looked a little, the elevator didn't look, it didn't look comfortable. Come on, somebody. So I stepped on the elevator, and it kind of went down, you know, and, 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 you know, you start, y'all ever been on the elevator, and you start counting, because it'll say, like, capacity, 500 pounds, and then you start counting everybody's weight, 250, 195, and I'm, now I got to be real with my weight, come on, somebody, <laughs> we're trying to get to a next level, we don't know if it has the capacity to do that, and so we're all on the elevator, and all of a sudden, we hear this, boom! And the elevator got stuck, and we were trapped. My wife was pregnant with our firstborn. <laughs> we were trapped, man. We, there was no food. Come on, son. I, I, I was hungry. <laughs> we were trapped. Can you imagine how this woman was trapped in the house of self-doubt? And some of us have been trapped in the house of shame. We've been trapped in the house of resentment. We've been trapped in the house of jealousy and anxiety and grief and fear. We've been trapped in the house of comparison, trapped in the house of blame, trapped in the house of unforgiveness. And when we start labeling ourselves, can I encourage you to get to the other side of diagnosis? Number two, can I encourage you to get to the other side of discouragement? Man, no confidence. No confidence because as you've been trying to get to the other side, you feel like you make a move and the enemy sets you up to be taken out and you feel like, man, I don't know what I've been doing, but all of a sudden you're in the middle of life and you got the job and you finally got it, but then you feel jumped over by the enemy and he takes your joy. Not only does he take your joy, but he takes your peace. And you're like, man, you started out, remember, there's 12 pieces, 12 years of hurt, 12 years of pain, 12 of you, come on, somebody, and and you feel like, man, I don't have what I used to have, I don't have what it takes. And then you make another move, and you feel like, man, I got betrayed, and the enemy has taken your trust. Am I all by myself? This is the kingdom. Why do I feel like I'm losing? 
If the king of kings is on my side, why do I feel like that darkness is taking me out? I've been jumped. I'm discouraged to the point where I'll just stay here. I'll just be average. I just won't experience life to the full. I, I know I got a call on my life. I know I'm anointed. I know I can sing, but man, I got to trust people again. You all prayed for single moms earlier. Maybe you've been through a bad relationship and you've been moving in life and you've been trying to get over, but you keep feeling jumped over by the wrong relationship and you feel like the enemy has taken you out. You want to say, king me, but you don't even know if you have a voice. You're discouraged. It says this woman was subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of men. She's suffering. Man, I feel God's anointing right now. And many of us have been suffering in silence. We've been suffering in isolation. Maybe you've been in church ministry. Maybe you're on staff. Maybe you're on the worship team. Maybe you put services together, but you, 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 you put services together, but you don't really feel God's presence. You know how to package it, but you don't feel the presence. Maybe you've been watching all throughout COVID, and you've just accepted quarantine as your normal. Not the physical aspects of quarantine, but the spiritual aspects of quarantine. I'll just isolate. Man, you guys are about to launch groups, and you're like, man, I, I would love to be in a group, but man, you've been trying to move along in life, and you've been moving two pieces at a time, but you feel like, man, I, I don't know if I can really do this anymore, and you feel like I've been jumped over by people. People said that they were going to be there for me, and maybe you're like that single mom, and you're like, man, uh, can I just encourage you not to put the failures of man on the omniscience and omnipotence of God? Can we stop blaming God for what people have done to us? You've been jumped. This woman has been jumped. She's discouraged. But she has this thought in Mark chapter 5, verse 28. She says, maybe if I could just touch his presence one time, maybe this time when I read my Bible, God will take me to the scripture. It's going to get, maybe if I could just touch his presence one time. It's crazy how we can be in our family room right now and touch his presence. We can be in our car right now and touch his presence. We can be in church. And maybe you're so used to being around the presence of people that we forgot about the presence of God. We've been jumped. But remember the kingdom is not for me to be taken out and just sit here and say, well, one day I'll go to heaven when I die. And maybe you feel like your life is just a dash between two dates. 
The day you're born, the day you die. Man, I just need to get this over. I can't wait. But I have come to find out that God has done so such a miraculous work in my life. I had no idea that the kingdom could heal my marriage. I had no idea that the kingdom could, could give me love for my wife again. And we went through a terrible time and, 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 and addiction and food addiction and alcohol addiction. I was 420 pounds. She was deep in alcoholism. And we just could have stood there in our issues because we've been jumped over by our hurts. We've been jumped over in all of our pieces. We felt like the enemy hasn't given us anything else to play with anymore. He's got all his things intact, and all I got is just fragments of who I am. Fragments of who God's called me to be. Don't settle there. You got to get over discouragement. The third thing you got to get over is delay. God, it's just taken forever, 12 years, forever. I love how God sets this passage scripture up, that Jarius' daughter gets sick, maybe at 11 years old, but she dies at 12 years old. This woman has an issue of blood for 12 years. Isn't it crazy? How God will touch other people's houses to wake up the things in my house? I love the fact that Jairus has a desperation, and God says, through his desperation, I want you to know that I have not forgotten about you. Can I encourage you that just because you don't see movement doesn't mean that God has not put things in motion? What I said was, is just because you don't see movement does not mean that God has not put things in motion. God put things in motion by touching Jairus' daughter's house. And here comes the kingdom with all of these people who have been healed, who have been set free, who have been delivered. Come on, somebody. Water has turned into wine and the kingdom of God shows up. And this woman says, I got to get over uh, diagnosis. I got to get over discouragement. She says, I got to get over Delay, can I encourage you that delay does not mean denial? God is for you. We just got to get to the other side. And you know what the first thing this woman does, Pastor Sean? She opens up. Oh my God. She, she opens up to new possibilities. Can you imagine being stuck in your house? No visitors at your door. She hears the crowd uh, that Jesus is coming and she decides, I'm going to step outside of myself. I'm going to trust God again. I'm going to start speaking those things that be not as if they already were. Why should I sit here and die? Come on. There was some, some, some beggars who says, if I die, I die. But I'm going to see the king. Can I encourage you? You've got to have a mentality that I've got to open up and say, I've got to get to Jesus. I've tried drugs. I've tried alcohol. I've tried people, but I've got to get to Jesus. I have come to find out that just one touch can change everything. She opens up to what's possible. She opens up 
to a new purpose. I'm telling you, when we were stuck on that elevator, Sean, all of a sudden it got hot. I knew that my wife, I didn't want my wife to go into labor. Come on, somebody, right there, because I definitely did not have the skills to birth something in that moment, or the stomach. Come on, somebody. So I got a desperation, and what I did is I tried to take it into my own hands. Can you? We, we need to stop waiting for everybody else to open up doors for us. Stop waiting for everybody else to move for everybody else to change. I got some desperation and I began to pry that door open because there were critical family members in my sphere of influence that had to birth something on the inside of them. There are people that are connected to you that you have no idea that God is waiting for you to get a breakthrough. God is waiting for you to get a miracle. God is waiting for you to come out of hiding. And guess what? I opened up that door and I conquered that thing and I started pulling everybody else out. I dare you, Red Rocks Church, to get past your issues and open up to new possibilities and a new purpose. You got to open up. The second thing you got to do is press through. Press through. Oh, the Bible says that the crowds are pressing up against each other. I was thinking about that. You got to have just one piece of you that'll press through when you've been passed over. <laughs> just one piece that'll make it. Just one piece that'll go to the next level. And right when you think you're about to get it, the enemy jumps you. You're like, gosh, not again. <laughs> Ain't much of me left. What do I do now? You got to press through the crowd. You got to press through the pain. You got to press through people. Can you imagine she unclean? Uh-uh, don't touch me. You got to press through the opinions of people. Some of you, your deliverance is not if God can deliver you. You just haven't gotten delivered from people yet to get to God. Man, I, I've been delivered from the opinions of people. Somebody in our church wrote us in, in this crazy COVIDness. You know, it's just been awful. COVIDness, that's what I call it. COVID 19, and, you know, we made some decisions, and somebody DM'd me and said, You know, did you really hear from God on that? And I DM'd them back, I'm trying to, but you keep talking. Sometimes I just need a word from God, Sean. I believe that God doesn't want our opinion. He wants our obedience. He just says, move, open up the door. Press through the crowd. Press through the pain. Come on, Scripture says that we may overcome. But what? We all want God's power. That I may know the power of his resurrection. But not without the fellowship of his suffering. So you got to get through the pain. You got to get to the people. You got to open up the door. You got to press through the crowd. The last thing you got to do as the worship team comes is you got to reach out to Jesus. You got to press through. You got to open up and you got to reach out. I looked at this scripture in Luke chapter 8, Luke's version, because he's a physician. But Jesus said, somebody 
deliberately touched me. Can I tell you that there's a difference in pressing through people and touching Jesus? Somebody got to the other side. Somebody, it didn't matter that as they were almost to the other side and and they got jumps and they felt like they couldn't handle it. And and maybe you got one, just one more piece left and you want to quit. You got one more piece left and you want to give up. I love this woman's perseverance. I love the fact that she said all of of me, we took a licking, a licking but we keep on ticking. I love the fact that she says what the enemy meant for bad, God is going to use for my good. And the enemy tries to make a move. And guess what? She got one piece to the other side. The Bible says she reached out and touched him. And immediately, somebody say immediately, 12 years of sin, immediately healed. 12 years of issues, immediately healed. 12 years of shame, immediately healed. 12 years of doubt, immediately healed. And guess what you can do when you get to the other side? If I can just get one piece to the other side, I get here and I say, King me, come on, somebody. And do you know what happens in the kingdom of God? In the kingdom of God, God does not waste anything. When you get to the other side and you shout, King me, everything that the enemy took from you, he has to give back to you right now. Somebody needs to say, give me my joy back. Give me my peace back. Give me my children back. Give me my right mind back. Give me my hope back. Come on, somebody. I feel like God is saying, give me my dignity back. Pastor, I want to touch people again. God, give me my truth back. Give me my wife back. Give me my children back. Give me my confidence back. Because what happens is once you get it back, you have authority that you didn't have before. Now God begins to accelerate you. And you don't just make one spot. You can literally jump an entire row. And you start, come on, somebody, kicking butt and taking names. Somebody right now, I believe right now, by the power of God, God is giving you your strength back. And in the kingdom, you know what happens? The authority, everything that the enemy meant for bad, God turns around for your good. The Bible says, Jill and Sean, that we, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. What was lost now becomes legacy. And I start making moves that break the rules. Why? Because the kingdom of God has no rules. We're just trying to bring heaven to earth. I don't know where you are right now. I don't know what you're dealing with right now. But I want you to know, I want you to keep one piece of you going. I want you to not give up and get to the other side. And when you get there, you shout, King me. 
you go to that resume, you apply for that job again, and you say, King me. You let that doctor give you that diagnosis, and you refuse to speak. Don't speak it. Speak, I am healed. I am delivered. I am set free. And you're going to watch authority that you never thought you'd have, make, have you to make moves you never thought you could make. Can I get some people in the auditorium right now to say, King me? Can I get some people who are watching at home right now to say, King me? I'm telling you right now, maybe you feel like just a fragment of you is left, but I want you to know just a little piece is something that God can work with. Maybe you don't feel like you've dotted all your I's and crossed all your T's, but God is in the business. He doesn't use you because of you. He uses you in spite of you, and he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called, and you are called. You are mighty. You are a warrior. You are a mighty man of valor. You are a mighty woman warrior. I'm telling you right now that your best days are ahead of you, and your worst days are behind you, and I dare you to stay in the game, and I dare you to keep going, and I dare you to keep believing, and I dare you to keep worshiping, and I dare you to keep lifting your hands. Can everybody in this auditorium stand with me right now and lift your hands to the presence of God and say, King me, I'm not done yet. I'm just getting started. Oh, this black man got excited today. I feel hope in the room. I feel hope in your living room. And maybe you got some distance with your relationship with God. Maybe you feel far with your relationship with God. Right now, I believe God can make up that distance. I don't care how many years of issues you've had. Huh? God's got more tissues than you got issues. He's got more faith than you got fear. He's got more perseverance and pain and, and, and purpose than you got pain. He's got more destiny than you got doubt. And if you're saying, Pastor, right now, I want to get back in the game. I want to be a part of this kingdom. I want to bring heaven to earth. I don't want to wait for earth to go to heaven. I want to dominate right now. You're going to dominate your family. I believe generational curses are being broken in strongholds right now in the presence of God. And I want to pray for you. If that's you, maybe you prayed this prayer a hundred times. Maybe you've never prayed it before. You don't have to repeat after me. Just kind of say this with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, you said in your word, that he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it. You also say in your word, if any man or woman be in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So today, we want to walk in new grace. We want to walk in the newness and the freedom of your son, Jesus Christ. Today, I give my life to Jesus. I confess with my heart, with my mouth, and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. That means he is king of kings, and he can king me in Jesus' name. And everybody in the room said amen and just went crazy because the Bible says that the angels celebrate. Red Rocks Church, I love you. Uncle Jimmy will be back. I absolutely love your church. I want to encourage you to open up the door to press through and to reach out and touch Jesus. God bless you. We'll see you next time.